Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Jan. Welcome to the Lamplighters podcast. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. We are grateful to be on the journey with you this year as we travel through the Bible following the stories of some women who have impacted our faith. (laughs) This morning, we are sharing the mic with Kristen Schell. Some of you know her as an author, a podcaster, very experienced, unlike her current uh, crew, (laughs) a a neighbor, a community builder, the founder of the Turquoise Table Movement, um, extender of hospitality extraordinaire, and just recently, a soon-to-be mother-in-law. That's very exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's also a great friend. So welcome, Kristen. We're glad you're here. Well, thank you so much. And as I was just saying to y'all, I am a little bit of a hot mess this morning. (laughs) But what that does is as we study the women this year, they are all a little bit of a hot mess, as we are going to find out. And so it gives us all permission to show up and let God meet us right where we are in our mess. Yeah, so kind of a relief. It is a relief. It is a relief. So we better get started because there are a whopping 56 verses in today's (laughs) lesson. So I am trusting, and that's a hint of a word to come, that our women um, will have read and studied inductively and will have plenty of time in their small groups to go wherever and in whatever direction that the Holy Spirit takes them. Mm So for today on the podcast, here is a general outline of what we're going to cover. We are going to talk about the character of both Sarah and Hagar. We're going to talk about the context of the Abrahamic covenant. We're going to talk about the consequences of bad decisions. Hmm. And we're going to find out that Sarah and Hagar show us where to find God. They are truly, despite all of the the messiness that's to come, they are models of faith. Mm -hmm. So first of all, What do we know about Sarah and Hagar? And I'm going to start with their names. Names in biblical times had more significance and meaning than we attribute to them today. Naming children um, and the names they were specifically given at birth um, give give us a glimpse into their personal experience and often foreshadow what's to come. Before God renamed Sarah, she was Sarai. So you'll see Sarai used as her name in the first part of our story. Now, there's no conclusive evidence as to what Sarai actually meant, um, but some commentators um, say that it meant to mock or to be contentious. Sarah, however, means princess. And given that Sarah goes on to become the mother of a nation, including kings, Mm -hmm. I think princess is a very fitting name. Mm -hmm. Um, To avoid confusion, however, though, I am going to go with the name God gave her, Sarah. Hagar means flight or to flee. Hmm. It also means forsaken. Um, and then I want to just throw in there, because while we're focusing on Sarah and Hagar, I do think it's really interesting to note that Abram means high father. And when God changes his name to Abraham, it means the father of multitudes. And we hmm. honor him today, as we all know, as the father of our faith. I love to come upon these names in the Bible because they are so significant. And while it's hard to imagine while anyone would name a child Hagar, meaning forsaken, <laughs> I mean, there was a reason and we see what that reason was and it's God's divine plan. Yeah, it really exactly. does give us insight into their personalities and their character qualities. Um, so I'm glad you started with that. All right, so what do we know about Sarah and her character? Well, first of all, we know she was beautiful. 
She was so beautiful that Abraham actually feared for her life as they were entering Egypt. They were escaping the famine in Canaan, and Abraham convinced Sarah to go along with a ruse that she was his sister, not his wife, so that the Egyptians would not be jealous and therefore kill him, but rather treat him well. So he lied because he he was afraid for his own life. Correct. And Mm. Sarah goes along with this, okay? So for better or worse. Exactly. But we also know that she was loyal (laughs) for this, but other reasons as well. She stood by her husband's side as they left their home and traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles into a foreign land based on a promise that God had given to Abraham alone. We also see in these stories that Sarah is strong-willed, she is jealous, and she is impatient. Mm, I can't identify with that at all. <laughs> Just pick a day, pick a, pick a yeah, trait, right? Exactly. Um, Sarah, however, plays a foundational role in God's plan of salvation. And as we know, she becomes the mother of the Jewish, na- Jewish nation. Mm. Well, I love this introduction to Sarah and her character. What do you want to tell us about Hagar and her character? Well, Hagar was a slave, and specifically, she was a maidservant to Sarah. She was a foreigner taken from her homeland of Egypt, specifically to be enslaved in Abraham's home in Canaan. She was alone and most likely very lonely. In fact, Mm. her only consistent companion might have been Sarah. Mm. Lovely. Right? So (laughs) we see in the story that Hagar has her downfalls too. Um, she, um, She becomes prideful. And as her name suggests, when things get really, really bad, she runs. She is the first person in Scripture to be visited by an angel, and she is the only person in Scripture to actually give God a name. Mm. Elroy, the God who sees me. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, don't fact check me, but I mean, that's what I read. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's true. I'm pretty sure that that's what the Spirit gave me this morning. (laughs) And the story of Hagar is a powerful story of exodus and struggle, and how God meets us in the middle of whatever we are going through. Mm -hmm. So brief recap, we've got our main characters, Sarah, a loyal wife who is aging and so far barren and who is impatient and jealous. Hagar, her maidservant, who is alone and dependent on Sarah and Abraham. And before we dive into the story a little further, we need to back up to set the stage. And we learned last week just how messy things were with Eve, straight out of the shoe, right, Dan? <laughs> oh, gosh, yes, messy. Messy's an understatement. It, You know, it started off great. It went off the rails, and that seems to be a theme that we're developing. Yes. When they went off the rails, it impacted everyone in the world and, in fact, all of creation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're continuing in that trajectory. Yeah. So the narrative of Sarah and Hagar is equally as messy. It is rife with sin, unbelief, betrayal, Jealousy and hurt, which, you know, kind of are all the biggies, Mm -hmm. um, if you will. But in the same, on the other hand, it is a very human story. And I hope that um, it will resonate with each one of us as we enter it with open hearts. So now we're going to move on to context. Okay. And a little bit of a time frame. I'm so so glad you're doing that because it helps me hang stories on a time frame. Right? Yeah. Well, okay. I'm glad. I was doing that for you, Jan. I did that on purpose. I appreciate that. (laughs) I'm a little slow. Thanks. No. no. Um, But as we know, God has no beginning and no end. Um, But Genesis is the beginning of creation in the beginning. And as we move forward, just for um, point of reference in timeline, we encounter Noah in Genesis about a thousand years from Adam and Eve. 
And then as Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar enter God's narrative, it's roughly 2,000 years from Adam and Eve. Mm. And prior to where we pick up in Scripture this week, in chapter 16, God continues to lay out his salvation plan with the call on Abraham's life. This is known as the Abrahamic Covenant, and it is really the beginning of the formal revelation of the covenant of grace. It is God's decision to reach down into humanity and specifically save his people for himself. And it all comes in the promise to Abraham. And there are four main parts to God's covenant with Abraham, but the one that's important for us today as we to understand as we introduce Sarah and Hagar comes in Genesis 15, verse 4. And I'm just going to read that because it's, it's pretty important and pivotal to our story. Mm-hmm. Then the word of the Lord came to him, a son coming from your own body will be your heir. Then God took Abram outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Y'all, this is, I love this. I mean, God clearly says to Abraham, you will have a family as numerous Mm -hmm. as the stars in heaven. Okay, and then I had to look, do a little sidetrack. Of because, course. Of course. Well, and you've actually taught me this because <laughs> I think you've talked about stars in heaven oh and astronomy gosh, yes. before. But if you've ever had the joy and, and of seeing a clear night sky, the stars are, lack for a better word, awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Well, listen to this. Astronomers can validate 200 billion trillion stars in the universe. 200 billion trillion. Like, that doesn't I don't even know well, how many well, zeros. You might as well just say blah, 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 blah. That's, uh, how that's much exactly that what I was going to write. I was yes. going to like, there's a lot. I mean, yeah. my brain just quits after <laughs> right. a lot of stars. But y'all, that is staggering. Yes, it is. I, I mean, clearly we're in awe of that. Mm-hmm. But that is exactly what God is saying to mm-hmm. Abraham. Mm-hmm. You will have an incomprehensible amount of descendants. And here's the thing about God's promises they are always enduring, and they are always fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Well, and it would have been easy for him to say, you're going to have a couple of kids, because that would have been staggering at his age to believe that. But to give him that promise is just astounding. Um, and it is important for us to take note of that, because that promise that he made to Abraham is the thesis of this entire story. It, it's the foundation yes. of God's plan for salvation. So we need to remember that promise that God gave Abraham, that covenant he made. Absolutely. But. Uh, Here it comes. There's always a but. But. Abraham is roughly 86 years old at this point. Sarah is now 76, and they have been (laughs) unable to conceive. Okay. And it's been roughly 12, 13 years since that awesome promise Mm -hmm. to Abraham. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Sarah is a little antsy. Now, We know early on Sarah believed God, and no doubt she was honored by the call, but time is passing way too slowly. Sarah begins to second-guess this. She is impatient. So she trusted the promise, but she didn't trust the plan. Now, to be fair, you know, God didn't name her in the plan. He, He only named Abraham. So maybe she got to thinking, well, God hadn't exactly you know, spelled out the details. And so she was going to fill in the details for herself. 
Exactly. And that's what she does, which, mm. you know, she she comes up with her own plan. And boy, does she. And boy, does she. It's a doozy. Right. So um, she gives her maidservant, you know, Hagar to sleep with Abraham. And of course, Hagar becomes pregnant with his child. Mm-hmm. Now, while this seems super scandalous to us today, it really was a fairly common practice in biblical times to have a surrogate wife or, or mother like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um So the problem at the time wasn't so much the deed, it was the intent. Sarah took matters into her own hands, and it led to spiritual catastrophe. Mm -hmm. She makes a terrible decision, and it has dire consequences, not only for her, but for Hagar. And here's where things really went wrong. God did not ask Sarah to figure out how to have a child. (laughs) All he asked was that they be available so he could accomplish his purposes in and through them. And he waited for Abraham and Sarah to be, as, as Sarah said, as good as dead, so that God alone would receive the power and all of the glory. Mm. So in this... Um, and our consequences, our sin patterns are revealed. Mm-hmm. And here are Sarah's. She did not trust the Lord's promise. She is impatient. She blames her husband for her decision. (laughs) Always a good defense. (laughs) Right? (laughs) She is terrible to Hagar, y'all. I mean, she truly mistreats her. And she even lies straight to the Lord's face. In fact, Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to read that one because it's it's in our text for today. So in 18, 11 through 15, I'm going to read straight from Scripture. It says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am that old? Mm. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. But Sarah was afraid, and so she lied and said, I did not laugh. (laughs) But he said, yes, you did laugh. Mm. Mm. So let's shift to Hagar. My heart has always been with Hagar. I I just, she's sort of a hero of the faith to me. And perhaps she's the only innocent one in the story. However, mm-hmm. Sarah's decision has life-altering consequences for Hagar too. And you know, if you just think about that for a minute, how many of us have been in both sides of that, where we've made a decision that has affected other people's lives and other people have made a decision that affects our lives. So this is not something that's hard to understand. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. That's like, um, you know, there's yeah. such empathy. But but Hagar really was powerless in this situation. She had to do what her mistress told her to do. And Abraham didn't say, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to sleep with you. So she had no power over her situation. She only controlled her attitudes, which, as we see, take a little change. Um, yeah, Slight shift, right? So, as we know, Hagar gets pregnant, and she does have more than a hormonal shift. (laughs) She begins to despise Sarah. (sighs) She becomes proud and indignant, and she began to lord her pregnancy over her mistress, which was not a wise move. (laughs) Hagar's sin is revealed as well. Mm -hmm. She hates Sarah, and right or wrong, her heart becomes totally hardened. Mm -hmm. Her pride gets the best of her, and she is bitter and indignant. Things were so bad between the women that Hagar fled into the desert, and that is a desperate move for a pregnant woman. Mm -hmm. And the first time that she flees, God shows up pretty quickly and asks Hagar a question. Where are you coming from and where are you going? 
And I love how tender of a greeting this is from the Lord. He knows exactly where she's going, and yet he engages Hagar right where she is. Mm -hmm. But again, (laughs) there's some tough love going on because he immediately sends Hagar back to her mistress. And remarkably, y'all, Hagar goes. Mm. I don't know. I've always wondered, would I have been this obedient or have I been (laughs) this obedient? That would have to have been just impossible. Right? Yeah. I, uh, it's just, it seems to go back to that abuse. Right. Back to the scene of the crime, so to speak. Yeah. So we're going to fast forward about 16 years. Sarah is now the mother of Isaac and Hagar has um, her son Ishmael. Um, Sarah's jealousy and rage just go off like fireworks mm-hmm. again. Um, for Hagar and her son Ishmael. And it's so intense that she orders Abraham to once and for all send them away. So Abraham packs them up with some water, just what they can carry, and sends them out to wander the desert of Beersheba. And Hagar knows that with a limited supply of water, um, that she and her son are both soon to die. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we see the sin patterns of both Sarah and Hagar, and we see that the consequences are really inescapable. They both cause pain not only to themselves but to others, and that's what happens when we get so far out of God's will, regardless of what the circumstances are or our choices involved in it, something is going to happen, and that's what we see here. And I think the thing that I, that stands out to me in this when we're looking at these sin patterns is they're ours. We need to own them. But what do we do? We find ways to blame other people for what our sin pattern has caused. Well, and that's exactly kind of where I sat. I tried to sit with both Hagar and with with Sarah because I've been both of them. And so I have, I am quick to blame ladies and and blame myself and blame others. But I also, in my tendency is really to run and avoid. And so I guess that's why I like Hagar so much, because Mm -hmm. I want to avoid pain and confrontation. Um, But that has consequences, as we all know, as well. As well. But your point's well taken. We have both Sarah and Hagar within us. If we allow the Lord to reveal that and open our eyes to see it. So, but here's the good news (laughs) for Sarah and Hagar and for us, God's plan always prevails. No matter what we do, God already knows our responses. Whether we laugh like Sarah or run like Hagar, God is faithful. We are all going to go through times of unbelief or tell a lie or Mm -hmm. laugh. Um, We're going to run for the hills or the desert and try to escape a problem. But God sees, He hears, and He knows. And it's so true, Kristen, that He can be trusted. He's the only one who can be. We cannot be trusted. I can't trust myself. Um, so that's, that's what we have to focus on. God is always, always has been, always will be trustworthy. So what would you like our ladies to think about this week? What do you want to send them home with? Well, it's, it's a simple line in scripture, but it's a powerful question that God asks Hagar in the last section of our text that we, that we read today. So in chapter 21, verse 17, an angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. And he says to her, what is the matter, Hagar? He goes on to say, do not be afraid. And then there is a promise. I will make the boy into a great nation. Mm. And then God provides exactly what Hagar and Ishmael need 
in the middle of the desert, a well of water. Mm -hmm. Not just a cup of water or a little skin of water that she already had, but it was an entire well, which is a lesson to us about God. He provides abundantly for them and for us, not just physically with the water, but also spiritually with his promise. That's what Hagar needed. Exactly. And we can trust God, but we have to be honor, honest with ourselves in knowing what we need. Mm-hmm. And as we learn from Sarah, sometimes we prefer to dodge the situation with sin and we blame. And as we learn from Hagar, we often avoid the pain of the situation by running away. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of both of these women's pain and struggle, they receive God's blessing and promises. And God does just the same for us. Y'all, He meets us in mm-hmm. whatever wilderness place we find ourselves. This is where Jesus walks, beside the messy, messy hurting wanderers that mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is that the invitation is for us to get real with God. Um, he knows who we really are. So why don't we just admit who we really are? So maybe ask yourself, what desperate situation do you find yourself in? That's a great question, but I'm not sure exactly how to do that. Like currently, I don't have a desperate situation at the moment, although there are plenty of situations that I pray God acts in. It's not a desperate one. So how, how do I go about doing that? Well, and I think this is wise in whatever situation we find ourselves is speak Scripture over yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just had that simple but powerful question that God asks Hagar. What's the matter, Hagar? What's the matter, Lynn? What's the matter, Jan? What's the matter, Kristen? Mm-hmm. And be bold before the Lord and trust. Speaking scripture over our lives is always a good plan because God's word is alive and powerful and uh, performative. It does what God sends it to do. So I like that. Be bold before the Lord and trust. Well, Kristen, you've given us a lot to think about today, and I can't thank you enough for joining us. It's been so fun to see you again and to sit with you in scripture and to hear what the Holy Spirit has said to you today that you've passed on to each of us. So thank you so much. And until next time.